This is Jeff Steitzer, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Double kill, triple kill, overkill, killing spree, killing frenzy, Kilimanjaro, kill tacular, kill apocalypse, slayer, mmm, brains. <laughs> Welcome one, welcome all to episode 161 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, January 21st, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, Captain Logan. And in this episode, Halo and Microsoft have been hit hard with massive layoffs. The sun is setting on Marvel's Avengers, and Game Pass has just landed some heavy hitters. We hope you enjoy. Now, Logan, as always, I like to start the show with words of kindness. And to start us off, welcome to you, good sir. Who would you like to offer words of kindness to this week? This would be a great week to thank uh, Xbox and Bandai Namco. Um, they were doing streams. They've been doing streams pretty much all week um, over on Twitch. And uh, this week they were actually doing a, a promoted stream for One Piece Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And Bandai Namco and Xbox were just giving away deluxe editions of the game for anyone that was like hash or, uh, you know, exclamation mark, um, one piece odyssey yeah. and a bunch of people won. I happen to be one of them. So I got a free copy and, and, uh, I've been enjoying it, but yeah, I, I wanted to thank Xbox for doing those streams. And also just to, to let you guys know too, if you don't know, Xbox actually has an ASL Twitch stream as well too. They have a whole channel just for when they go live that is just for uh, American Sign Language. So if you um, have trouble hearing and you know sign language, uh, there's a whole channel out there for folks um, to be able to keep up with the conversation going on. That's a dope and great shout out, man. I really like that. That's really cool to hear. So you won a copy of, of One Piece Odyssey then? Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly enough, you'd figure, um, you know, uh, I, I love anime. I've been uh, getting back into it heavy lately. And uh, it's a pirate game. And I love pirates. Um, so I got that and I've been diving into it uh, this week to, to kind of like see, you know, what it's all about and, and see if I can get Because everyone always tells me like One Piece is an amazing anime. I should really love it. And I haven't gotten around to getting into it because it's so daunting of a, of a series to dive into. But mm-hmm. yeah, they, they were just giving away copies of, of the and, and I figure it was like the, you know, the normal base version and stuff. No, it's it was the digital deluxe came with like all the bells and whistles and stuff. And I've been having a really good time with that game. That game has actually surprised me. Um, I have, I have thoughts about it uh, if we have time, but it's, it's a really fun game just to, as, as like a game game. Mm-hmm. Very cool, dude. That's what's up. That's awesome. We, uh, about you? we, what do you- we kind of got a slew of pirate games lately. We had sail forth. Yeah. Uh, and then Tortuga has just come out. We have a code for that one that we can review if we, uh, if we find our time there, which I'm excited yeah. to, to, check out one piece is here and then of course you've got sea of thieves it's kind of a neat pirate thing so while skull and bones is just fluttering away in the wind uh <laughs> lost it's kind at of sea. Neat to see all that yeah 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 oh yeah there you go lost at sea clever <laughs> clever that's cool man 
Uh, well, shout out to to the Bandai Namco team, the Xbox team for doing those streams. And I think it's a good call out uh, to, to note that Xbox is a lot of content that I don't think people know about. Like every week they do this mm. week on Xbox on their YouTube channel tells you everything that's been coming out. Now, it's curated by the first party, so it's always going to be skewed a little bit. But if you're an Xbox fan, an Xbox creator uh, or a gamer in general that just mains on your Xbox, their YouTube channel does this week on Xbox every week. Their streams, to your point. Uh, have a lot of accessibility uh, like side streams that go on as well that's a really good shout out to put out to them yeah yeah if, if you guys were hurting for for figuring out like what to do like go go watch the xbox twitch channel because they'll they'll showcase they've got like a xbox plays discord if you if you want to have a conversation or find people about the games that they're playing too like they've they've done a really good job rolling out community facing features for uh, gamers who don't have like a, a built up community on their own. Um, there's, there's already ones that they, that they've done and they're all, they're all on like Xbox ambassador level of, of uh, accessibility. Like everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to have fun. You're not allowed to be a, a, a jerk about anything. Like if you're cool, you get invited and, and everyone's welcome. You just got to be cool. So don't be that guy or that girl. And uh, you'll you'll find some really cool people to talk to about games. That's awesome. That's really awesome to hear. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Logan, I want to take a moment to shout out uh, two different kind of groups, or one person, then another group. The first I want to shout out is uh, Rick D. He goes by at Butch4969 over on Twitter. Uh, he has been actively using, using the hashtag FindTheFun uh, over on his social spaces, and I've been seeing it. It's been really cool. Because he's consistently amidst all this kind of rough news this week, and we'll talk about uh, quite a bit of it during this episode, calling out uh, good things that we should be happy about, finding the fun in gaming, even in a bad week, and, and uh, brightening my timeline with that. And so it was really cool for me to be able to see that happening. So, uh, Rick, you're awesome. I appreciate you, man. Uh, keep up the good vibes towards the gaming community. That stuff matters. Uh, you matter, and that's what's up to here, man. And Logan, I also have to shout out. My cast co-op partners, oh gosh, Ainsley Bowden and Joseph Moran. Uh, if you guys don't know, for any XCP listener that doesn't know, uh, I do a show on a bi-weekly basis-ish, every other week, uh, with those two guys. They host BitCast and the PlayStation Trophy Room, uh, respectively. But we do that show you know, as we're able for fun, uh, and it's always a hoot, always an argument, always a debate with laughter and silliness between good buddies. Uh, and this past week, uh, we came to fight, but I didn't prepare. And man, uh, Ainsley Bowden beat me in an argument really well. Like he came prepared to argue about <laughs> Halo. Uh, excellent job on his part. We got heated. We had we had fun. It was great. Again, the, the show is called Cast Co-op. You can find it on Season Gaming's feeds. Uh, really enjoyed it. Despite losing the argument, I know I'm right. And I know that like the, <laughs> everybody was like, yeah, Halo's in trouble. It's got problems. Uh but Ainsley came for it, man, and it was fun. Oh I God. had a blast. I know you were in the chat for that one. Yeah, dude, I'm sitting there like I'm, I'm like that wrestler in the in the ring, like leaning over the rope, like reaching my arm out, like waiting for you to tag me in and just like tr waiting for you to crawl over so you could tag me in. And I'm like, bro, just let me in. I got this. Just yeah. let me in the ring. It, it was one of those things where and I'm sure we've all done this, but like. You get heated in the moment, but I had so many things in real life go on, just taking care of my wife, you know, getting over being ill, uh, 
just a lot of stuff happening that I didn't prepare. I just came to talk games with my buddies, you know, and it was still a blast and I still had fun. But Ains came with like facts and points and stuff. And he did a great <laughs> job arguing. He presented himself really well. And I started off strong. But like, you know, halfway through when you start losing your points, but you're trying to keep it. It was just like, oh, boy. it's oh, boy. it's that, that quintessential point in an argument where, you know, that they're wrong. So you start hunting for other things that you can be right about. Yep. Instead of yep. just being like, all right, you know, what? fine. You, yep. you win the argument, but let, let's get back to the point. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I had a blast and it was a good time. And I will always uh, lose humbly to people like Ains who who are just good people. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a fun time to have uh, debates. And he and the fun part truly is that we everybody on that panel loves Halo. I tweeted out yesterday because the argument was about Halo. If anybody didn't catch it, um, I tweeted out yesterday how much I hate Halo Infinite with my time played like screenshot. And it's like over 300 hours time played in Halo Infinite. Uh, I was like, I hate this game. And then it just, it's caught traction. It's, it's, I've got my inbox, not my inbox, uh, my notifications have been piling on just with people sending their screenshots. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. Some of these people, Logan, are like 60, 70 days played. I thought I was a lot of time at 13 days played. That's 325 hours uh, with, with the time kind of where I was at. Um, and these guys yeah. are like, I was just like, man, oh man, what a bad game that we all just seem to keep playing and having fun with. How, who would have thought, uh, it's not a bad game at all. <laughs> it's a great game. It's just got, it's got problems. Um, man, yeah. you made me go and check mine. Cause I was like, I wonder how long I've actually put into halo infinite. Cause I played through it a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, I'm working through two playthroughs with two different friends through yeah. co-op campaign and I haven't really done a whole lot on the multiplayer because that's that's it's fun, but it's not it's not my my like go to for that series. Right. I have like three days. <laughs> uh, oh, only seventy plus hours. That's crazy. Only I know. Seventy but, hours. But compared to like everyone else, I was like, oh my god, everyone is like in double digit days for this. And I was like, I gotta feel better about myself. Where's Destiny and Sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves is like ninety seven days. I was like, I am a gamer. Well, so that's- that's the funny thing is that it, sometimes we as gamers will gatekeep almost yeah. by accident. We'll we'll yeah. try to celebrate our, our own time and love and passion for a product and then gatekeep others. I remember when I did the 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 uh, Sea of Thieves interview for XCP, the Mike Chapman one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got 800, 900 hours played in Sea of Thieves. And everybody's like, huh, rookie numbers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Gatekeepers? And then A's. <laughs> Was saying the same thing about me. He's like rookie numbers in Halo, and I'm like 300 yeah. hours. Like, come on, man. Uh, it's in, it's in, something we do by accident. I think it's so funny too because I was I was just talking about this with Joe to bring up cast co op, and I was telling him I was like, ah, oh, dude, I'm like 60 some hours into uh into to Horizon Zero Dawn because I've been trying to finish that game. Yeah, am I am I at the end? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're at the end. You're at like the last little bit there, and I'm like, okay. I got 60 hours in this game. I'm ready to put it down. Like I, right. I'm ready to move on to the next game. Sure. And then I'm like sitting here looking at like 97 days played in Sea of Thieves. I was like, God, I still have so much to do. What is yeah. wrong with me? Mm-hmm. It's funny how how that happens. Because I looked, I finished up Callisto Protocol a few yeah. days ago. I really liked Callisto Protocol. Yeah. It's got sure, yeah, got problems yeah, all day. I respect anyone that's, that's like, oh, it's got problems. But like, 
Mm. Find the fun. I had so much fun in that game. I played it on easy. They just dropped new game plus. I just put it on maximum difficulty to see. I'm mean, I just going to try it out. I don't know if I'll finish it or anything. Mm, yeah. But uh, but I'm really I really like that game. And I went in and looked at how long I've played it. 14 hours. And I was like, OK, Dang. I was done with that campaign around 10. I was like, all right, that's where that came in. The campaign should have been about 10 hours. And now I'm like, all right, well, I want to play again. And so yeah. like what the amount of time you put into a game doesn't always indicate your experience with it in the same way. So yeah. when I see people putting out their Halo Infinite times or Sea of Thieves times, people could be just, just fishing in Sea of Thieves. You could be just playing bot matches oh, or yeah. campaign or co-op campaign. There's a lot of ways to enjoy a game. And I think sometimes we we gatekeep by accident in ways that we don't need to. You know? Yeah. You're not wrong. I, I put an yeah. hour into Sea of Thieves the other day. I caught 10 fish. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. an hour of gameplay for 10 fish. Yeah. But were you, were you enjoying yourself? Did you have fun in your hour? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was, I, I was, know. I was doing, I was, it was chill. Like that was, that's, it's my chill game. And that's, yep. it's, that's what it's about. It's about finding the thing that's fun and just spending time with it, regardless of how much you get done or how many hours you dump into it. I will always appreciate. Uh, like I said that, like Captain Picard. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Captain Picard says it. And, uh, and I think it's funny and I use that in my classroom sometimes. Uh, I'll also say the word, uh, simultaneous. simultaneous. Like, instead of simultaneous. It's like, yeah. Simultaneously. And I'll just move right on. Uh, but I like to channel my inner Picard on that one. Deep cut for people. Uh, I don't know what point I was going to make there, by the way, I lost it when I got excited and said, appreciate it's gone. It's gone. But I'm okay with it. I have it's no fun. clue where you're going with it either. Uh, pro- probably just along the lines of enjoy games how you want to enjoy them. Uh, because that's important. That's Speaking of, did you want to dive into Marvel's, Marvel's Avengers? Oh, sure. Okay, so uh, let's get into the week's news. Before before we do that, just ahead, uh, remember you can find XEP. You're listening now, but you can find it on all your podcast services. You can find it over on the YouTube side. I hope you guys have been enjoying the YouTube stuff. I've really been working hard to up my animation if you look at the first episode of 2023 to the second i think my editing has gotten a lot better uh, and that has been a consistent effort of mine uh, you can also find us on the socials you can find me uh, at insipid ghost on all the social platforms you can find captain logan at captain underscore logan over on twitter uh, logan you've got a discord you've got keelhauled podcast uh, lots of places to find us and celebrate uh, gaming with us which is what's up right oh yeah all right so our first uh, bit of news is one that hits close to home for me, but is a long time coming. Marvel's Avengers has announced that it is going to be shutting down uh, services uh, September 30th, 2023. No longer getting updates from the dev team. Uh, it's been supported for two and a half years. Uh, and it's had single and multiplayer content. Uh, this game has... has it's, it's something that I really enjoyed because I like being a superhero. I like being an Avenger, uh, but I will never, ever pretend that it didn't reach its maximum potential. It certainly fell quite a bit short. Uh, a lot of things really frustrating in the last few months. Uh, Brian Wagner, who we had on the show last year, uh, it was revealed after we'd interviewed Brian um, and had a good interview with him, I might add, an enjoyable one. But it was revealed after the fact that there were a lot of racist and inappropriate tweets, which really broke my heart to see. Um, from his like timeline and history and he uh, 
was was exited from the studio. A lot of the people at Crystal Dynamics I have from on Good Accord uh, from some very credible sources, and I mean that sincerely, like very credible sources. I was pretty knowledgeable of that they've moved on to Tomb Raider and Crystal Dynamics. Uh, the team working on Marvel's Avengers recently has been down to about two full time people, which is pretty wild to think. Uh, but the majority of the, the CD team has moved on to other projects, including uh, Perfect Dark and Tomb Raider, uh, which is relevant to this audience. Uh, but yeah, credits are no longer purchasable in the game. Uh, remaining credits are being moved to in-game sources. Spider-Man remains exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, and it is, uh, I think, necessary and good so that we can move on and have a new IP that kind of explores those characters, a new game that explores those characters. But with some, as somebody with hundreds, I think 600, 700 hours just being an Avenger, like you said, jumping into Fish and Sea of Thieves, jumping in to just fly around as Iron Man, that was fun to me. All the problems it had, and it has a lot. It was fun to just be a, be a superhero. So uh, that game is sunsetting. Yeah, it's a it's it's a real. I'm first off. I shout out to the studio for committing to this game for the last two and a half years because it, it's not easy to make a live service game, and the, uh, many of them fail. Um, even ones that claim that they aren't going to be live service games but still get like expansions and stuff post launch even those fall short and uh to see that they've been putting two and a half years and i was digging through the uh the store last night just kind of take a look and see like what kind of stuff is going to be available for people when uh the last update comes out um this is one of those ones where you can see that there was a lot of passion that went into building out the characters I think the failing wasn't on the team that was developing it. I think it was on the the publisher for not giving them the breadth of, of time and um, uh, effort that they needed to be able to really kind of churn out some different heroes. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the criticisms that I've seen over the years was that they are they're bringing out characters that feel too similar to original heroes. And that's that's always tough. Like how how do you balance around multiple new types of uh, abilities and stuff? And I think the one that really stuck out to me was when they introduced uh, Black Panther. I think that was one of the greatest additions to the game. Story, writing, acting. They had high quality writers. Uh, Evan Narcisse was on that. He's huge. If anyone wants to look him up, Um, they had Christopher Judge play T'Challa crazy yeah. cool i mean that's that's kratos right there man um yeah they really put a lot of love and and i'll say for sure avengers is a failure in reaching its potential but it did deliver it did make money it did give a lot of experiences it didn't reach potential but it did give a lot of superhero time to superhero fans yeah yeah i think i think this was it's interesting to think about this game because i wonder if this game was coming out either earlier before it did like if it were to come out a couple years before it actually came out or if it was to come out now how it might have been not as compared to the mcu as it was when it first came out because that was one of the things i think really did it a disservice was when it came out we were shortly after endgame i believe Mm -hmm. and the comparisons between the MCU Avengers and these Avengers were so close. People were wondering how come they couldn't just get the uh, MCU Avengers. And it's like, that's a lot of money to be paying for, for faces on a, on a character. 
and they didn't necessarily want to mess with that. So they got as close as they could. And a lot of people really kind of dug at them for that. And it was kind of a, it was a bummer to see that. And, and I definitely was hoping that I would get like the MCU Avengers when it came out. But, you know, that's, that's one of the questions that's always lingering in the back of my mind is, would have this done better if it had been further removed from Endgame? I think the answer is 100% yes. There were several things that truly worked against this title, this title mm-hmm. that I have so many hours in. The first being the comparisons to the MCU. The second being uh, it being tied to last generation technology, mm. uh, being stuck on PS4 and Xbox One, which remember, that's 2013 tech. You know, yeah. that is 2013 tech. It really hampered a lot of the traversal, which means Hulk can't jump as far leap is high uh spider-man can't swing the way that you would would want him to swing uh it means that you can't fly as fast because it has to load and render not just on your xbox series x but your series s your xbox one x one s and original vcr xbox one it still has to be playable it's not just about load times and so that's a really really obvious flaw when you play it is that that thing is pushing its limits if anyone hasn't played it it's gorgeous. Those characters, the ones you play as, are gorgeous. The MCU outfits, the comic outfits, they look fantastic. Um, the screenshots in that game are wonderful. But traversal is everything in a superhero game. You need to feel like when you play Insomniac Spider-Man, you feel like Spider-Man because of how good the web slinging is. Um, in Avengers, when you play as Iron Man, you feel like Iron Man when you're flying around for most of it until it's time to go real fast. And then doesn't quite kick in the same way. Uh, And so, you know, that hampered it. And then the unsure direction. There was a team that built a really good, a team that built a solid single player uh, experience there with with Kamala Harris and and really wanted to do a cool thing there. Uh, And then it was stuck in live service. You had single player and live service combating and competing for what it wanted to be. And then the majority of the team that launched the game was not the team working on it six months later. Uh, yeah. and we're going to talk about Halo in a, in a few minutes, but like sustained vision for AAA properties is a consistent problem because publishers are bullish when things don't go well at the gate. It's very rare they stick with it. Luke, I got a question for you. Um, you. You brought up a really strong point, which is that Marvel's Avengers has a really solid single player campaign uh, with Kamala Khan. Um, even just that Khan. first like Harris. I said, Harris, I said, Harris. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, I think I was saying like Resident Evil 8 last week and I was like, no, it's Resident Evil 9. Resident Evil 8 is village idiot, Um, which I would be. But I wanted to ask you with Marvel's Avengers having a solid uh, single player campaign and keeping their multiplayer separate from that. How does that compare in your mind uh, as far as like solidarity of vision uh, compared to Gotham Knights, who tried to take those two and mash them together. And it felt like originally Gotham Knights was intended to be a four-player co-op game in an open world, and they scaled it back because of last-gen hardware to uh, and, and eventually just cut last-gen, um, but I think it was too late at that point. Do you think that, that you would have rather have had what Avengers did with having the single-player campaign separate in the multiplayer campaign separate or do you think that the gotham knights would have would have been a better mesh for avengers it's an interesting question i think if gotham knights did everything better than avengers um i mm. think gotham knights the, the plan and formula did everything better because it had the lessons to learn from it 
keeping them separate is a, is a thing that sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's not executed properly and the teams work in conjunction, it doesn't doesn't flow. Uh, the one thing I would say for any game that's going to mesh live service and single player stuff together is you need a chapter or mission select. The ability to go back and replay missions easily needs to yeah. be built and doable uh, from the get go. It needs to be part of the vision, because when you have a live service thing, you're going to drop them in and say, here, deal with this dynamic world. Um, Gotham Knights has a lot of problems. Uh, in a lot of ways but it's it's a better game it's more fun uh in a lot of ways not always but it's it's there's a lot of more fun to have uh but what works against gotham knights is not the being stuck cross-gen because they were right to abandon that uh it's that it's not arkham it doesn't have a main hero uh and we're not sure what's happening now once you're done with the campaign what incentive is there to keep playing you have live service elements like resources and crafting and upscaling but i've beaten new game plus what am i supposed to do What's next? And that works against it. I think consistently we see scaled visions of AAA projects that are too big for their riches and they need to rein it in a little bit. I am, I applaud Gotham Knights leadership for saying, nope, no Xbox One, no PS4. It's not going to work. Stop. It's now yeah. a matter of like, what are you going to bring forward? Um, but it's a good question to ask. I mean, it's, it is a good question to ask. I, I definitely wonder if... Um gotham knights saved itself from a cyberpunk launch where if they had held on to the last gen versions there would have been a lot of videos about how bad that game was performing on those consoles compared to the next gen consoles Mm -hmm. and by dropping support they they inevitably gave themselves a, a good head start on having a better launch than what cyberpunk had to go through when they had committed to doing xbox one and ps4 and that game was was so large in scope. It was asking so much of hardware that those consoles could not handle it. Mm-hmm. I think they did save themselves uh, a lot of a lot of frustration. Um, we do have a question from Famous Seamus. Would you mind reading that one for me, please? Yeah, Famous Seamus uh, says, "With Avengers ending, are you upset that we didn't get Captain Marvel or other characters before the shutdown?" I. I will leave this to you because I think you're the one that would be best suited for that. No, I'm not upset by it. Um, not not that aspect. I'm upset that we didn't see more enemy diversity. We didn't see more villains. But we've got a lot of heroes in that game. A lot of heroes. And uh, the number escapes me at the moment. I feel like it's nine. Uh, I think ten if you're on PlayStation because of Spider-Man. No, there are a lot of heroes. I think the, I'm upset we didn't get more villains. That's what I'm upset about. I'll you know. I'll echo that too. If you ask me what any of the villains were in that game, I couldn't I couldn't list any. Yep. yep. He also writes in and says, "How do you feel about all the cosmetic items becoming free for all players after March's update?" Totally fair. I think it's important to do that. I get the argument of like, "Well, I spent money in this game." Da, da, da. You spent money in the game for that moment, for that time period. Uh, I, I see this a lot. It's kind of the same argument. People are like, "Oh, I just bought this game and now it's on Game Pass. Now it's on PlayStation Plus." Uh, that's crazy. It's like, no, you bought the game to play in that moment. And so you, you had, you spent the money for that time. So I don't feel, feel bad for anybody that spent the money in there. Um, at the time, it's not like a mean, like, like, haha, nothing like that. But cosmetics going free means people can get maximum enjoyment from something that artists created so that players can play. And that's cool to me. I have not, I did, I have not jumped in. This is really hurts my heart when I think about it, but I haven't jumped in since Brian's 
since what what we found out what Brian did and and um that sucks. And so I haven't played Winter Soldier. You know, I haven't played a much of of Jane Foster's Thor. But like the idea of getting to put on those MCU costumes for those characters and all that stuff great. Let anybody enjoy that game because a lot of really great people did work on that game. Uh and that was a troubled development and they deserve to see their work celebrated, not uh, being punished with toxicity. So cheers to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll echo that because that's one of those situations where I, I think at the end of the day, the devs are sad that they're going to have to move on or, or some of them might be happy. Some of them might be sad. But a lot of people that work at game studios just want their game made and to be experienced. And so many games don't. Um, and if they can, if they can say like, all right, well, you know what, we can't take any more money from this after the last update, which I think is the, the, the deal that they had going on, uh, with Spider-Man, but like all of, all of the cosmetics becoming free are fantastic. It's to me, it's, it's still kind of a bummer that Spider-Man is still going to be exclusive to PlayStation. I think that it would have been cool, you know, if the, if that contract hadn't like been in perpetuity and they could have brought Spider-Man to uh, the the other consoles as well or PC and stuff if if you know people wanted to get to play as Spider-Man in Avengers they, they would be able to I do want to shout out that this is still on Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra and if you want to check it out I would highly recommend going on uh, your your Xbox looking it up and then uh, streaming it because it is about I think it's a, a little over a hundred gig download so yeah, it's a yeah, it's a chunky game. So I would definitely, if you guys want to, definitely recommend streaming it, getting in there, trying it out, um, seeing if there's anything to, to claim or, or make sure that you log in before the end of the month. I think I'd seen some stuff where they you get a bunch of stuff if you log in before the end of January. So yeah. boot it up on Game Pass streaming, uh, check it out and and see what they've done. Check out the store, look and see if there's any, any cosmetics in there that you're looking forward to after the update from uh, the end of March. I agree. I agree. Famous Seamus had, I think, had one more question. Do I regret my time playing it? Not at all, my friend. I got to play a game that people put a lot of love into. I got to be a superhero, which is something that I really enjoy in video games. Uh, for all our talk of The Last of Us, for all our talk of a lot of these gritty, visceral games, um, I really enjoy just being a superhero. That's what I like. That's something that's fun for me. And so, uh, no, I don't regret it um, at all. At all. So. Yeah, I don't think... Any any anyone that likes Avengers shouldn't be regretting this. They'll they'll be sad that it's it's getting shut down and you know lost potential. But that's that's games and in in general, this could have been a one off that they had never had any kind of support past launch for, and we got two and a half years. So you, you can't hate the fact that you got two and a half years worth of of uh, development time on it. Agree, fully fully agree. Um, I do want to note, I guess, but I don't know that it directly ties to Avengers, but we saw a pretty credible leak by, and, and I checked with a couple of my superhero sources, uh, about the Suicide Squad. We saw an image from Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, uh, made by Rocksteady. It looks a lot like a live service game, very similar to Avengers. Um, and it reminds me of when we saw Gotham Knights, uh, kind of leaks there and it looked like a live service and you play Gotham Knights and you can see that it, it might've been at one point a live service. And all I can say about that leak is I'm nervous about Rocksteady's game because it's another superhero game like Gotham Knights that doesn't feature the main character. Like 
you have a Batman game without Batman. Now you have a DC game where you don't play as the heroes. And I respect anybody and I appreciate playing as characters that we don't often get to, but there's an absence of the big heroes in the gaming space, especially for DC. So I am nervous on that front. I'm nervous that it's live service because we're seeing a lot of live service games crumble, Logan. Uh, but I will also remind anybody and everybody, and myself especially, Rocksteady hasn't missed yet. Like Respawn, every game they've put out has been great. So while I'm very tentative, I mean, I'm excited, I'm hyped to see this game. I am nervous when I see that, but I remind myself of those things. What do you think? I think it's interesting. Um, I saw that, that there were some takedowns for the image uh, anywhere it was posted. A lot of people were getting takedown notices for it. So yep. it's it's clear like I and, and usually when I see stuff like that, I think the reason why they're doing that is because they don't want a narrative built up around the game that they aren't setting. And I think the reason is, is because it looks like a game system service. And as soon as they saw that that's where the direction was going, Warner Brothers was like, no, we need to cut that narrative right now. So I don't I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a games as a service. If it is, I'm very curious to see how it goes, because I do love my games as a service. I play Sea of Thieves. It has a season pass. I play Destiny 2. It has a season pass. Mm -hmm. I've jumped into Halo from time to time. I jumped into Fortnite. Like I'm 100% fine with games as a service because it's continued content for minimal costs that I get enjoyment out and continued support. So I'm totally down if that's what they want to do, because with Suicide Squad's uh, cast of characters, I'm interested in Captain Boomerang, King Shark. I, I love Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's one of my favorite uh, characters and stuff. So I'm really interested to see, like, what do they decide to do with a multiplayer version of a of an anti-hero cast? And I would love to go up against a uh, an evil version of, of Superman who's being controlled by brainiac or something you know i would love to mm -hmm. uh to see like you know how do you fight against the flash like fighting against the flash would be really kind of freaky just having like how just given how fast he is you know how do you deal with that yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to what suicide squad does um but it it all comes down to context right like the the image that we shot with that we saw has hooks in for what we see as a games as a service but we don't understand the context of it and it's still so far out that there hasn't been a marketing ramp for that game beyond the two main trailers that we've seen for it and mm -hmm. to call back to last week if you guys watched that's one of those ones i could see slipping into 2024 because i'm still wondering like, what is the what is the story? What's the narrative? What's the loop? How are they going to present it and what's going to come with it? Not to say that it's it's going to be bad because I don't think that at all. I think they've got a strong idea of what this game is going to be. I just don't think that we've seen enough to really understand, like, why it will have that why that image will have context uh, that will either say yay or nay on a game as a service in the future. I'm thinking about uh our cover my coverage at the time of Gotham Knights and whatnot. And I really hope we get to be part of the suicide squad coverage because I have this just strong passion, not just for DC, but for superhero games in general. Um, and so in the ramp that, that ramp up towards the game, celebrating the game, spotlighting the game, I hope we get a clear picture of what's going to happen. And more specifically, what it is they plan to do to keep the game alive. If it is going to be a games of service model. Um, if it's not going to be a games and service model, what is the point to keep playing past a certain element? Um, because, you, you know, what you say, like you enjoy Sea of Thieves, so do I. 
Uh, I enjoy a lot of games that have ongoing content distribution. And so I, if you're going to do that, I want to know what the plan is from the outset. Don't get me to buy in and then just stop. You know what I mean? Cause that's what right yeah. now, that's what it feels like Gotham Knights has done. Um, and so that's kind of a bummer for sure. Um, and I know later on in the show I'm talking about, but like I just bought and, and hooked up and I've done a lot of work to get my original or Suddy's original Xbox together so I can play some of those old superhero games that Marvel and DC put out because I don't think we get enough of them anymore. So, yeah, I think outside of uh, outside outside of Insomniac, I can't really think of too many superhero IPs at this point. And, yeah. and they're they're killing it with Marvel. So it would be great to see some stuff from DC come out. Agree. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to show it now. So I got the old Xbox hooked up. Um, check this one out. They made a Superman game for the original Xbox. I had no idea. This was some Googling that I did. So I'm, I got the original Xbox hooked up. I got the new controller. Superman Returns was out there. Uh, do you do you remember this game, Justice League Heroes? No, I don't. So it's a ripoff it. of, it's the DC version of Ultimate Alliance, which I really like the Ultimate <laughs> Alliance games. I hate that Ultimate Alliance 3 was stuck on Switch only. Because uh, it's fun. It's a really good game. But it's the DC version of that. And then this was my pride and joy back in the day. Did you ever play Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects? No. That's a, so that's a, a hell of a title, though. It's a 3D fighting game, dude, where you played as uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man and Wolverine. It was it was you got to play as the like the pantheon of Marvel characters. Remind you, this is before some of them were cool. So like Iron Man wasn't cool back then got to play as venom (laughs) and daredevil daredevil really wasn't cool you were the fantastic four and you basically played against these these imperfects which were basically the same characters but like not named Mm -hmm. and whatnot but it was a 3d fighting game with destructible environments it was so ahead of its time i would love to see a remaster or something like that because this was doing like avenger level stuff before avengers and way before the mcu so uh, I'm, I'm anxious to dive in. I'm sure many of them don't age well, uh, but just a chance <laughs> to go back and like see and experience it. I love experiencing old games. I did all the old Sonic games a few weeks ago, Ninja Turtle games a few months ago. That's fun for me to go back and explore gaming history. So that's that's going to be kind of a mini project on the side uh, with the OG Xbox just to enjoy history a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to hear how those are because that's definitely, like I was looking at um, on Twitter, there was a post about, the the hogwarts legacy thing and how hogwarts legacy had a game back in like 2020 no was it 2002 i think it was 2002 or 2003 a long time ago and that game looks horrible but that was what we had you know if you wanted to if you wanted to play harry potter yeah it was like harry potter and sorcerer's stone it was it was not looking that good compared to nowadays um but yeah with with all the 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 dc it's it's always still crazy to me how much Marvel and DC was on Xbox over the last 20 years that we just aren't seeing these days. And I, and I'm constantly wondering, like, is it fatigue from how much we got in the past or is it just those licenses are so expensive to do? That's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I will tell you what, man, Uh, I would love to see a day where we come back and I talk about scope, reigning the scope. This isn't just superhero games, but it, but it does kind of directly reference it. Like WB, you don't need to have an 80 hour experience with a superhero. You don't need a 40 hour experience, 10 to 15 hour Callisto protocol sized game, linear 
game is fine as well. Just let players play as these characters. They've done a great job at spotlighting some of the B characters in the DC and Marvel universes lately. Shows of Harley Quinn and She-Hulk, etc. Games where you just play through 10 hours, 15 hours, rock on. You go play the Avengers campaign. That's a good time with Kamala Khan, uh, not Kamala Harris. Um, <laughs> although I would buy that game in a heartbeat just to know. Um, yeah, reduce the scope in games, right? I think that would be helpful. I think that would yeah. be helpful. So, yeah, but definitely. yeah, game preservation. Bring, find a way. Put an X, original Xbox emulator on, on Xbox. Put an original PlayStation emulator on PlayStation 5 so you can play your OG discs. I will say call out to the dev kit that you can purchase through the Xbox Series X and S uh, store. That dev kit will allow you to uh, put on emulators like they've got emulators up for GameCube, for Dreamcast, for original PlayStation like and you can download the ROMs uh, if you have the games um so that you can play them on those emulators but yeah series s is probably one of the best emulators uh, emulating machines uh out there on the market for the cost um so but yeah, natively 100 I, I would love to see a lot of the xbox titles that you can't play because of licenses and stuff uh, golden eye games or or um dead or alive beach volleyball or something you know, crazy taxis, you know, stuff that, well, I actually can't remember if crazy taxis available or not, but you get what I mean. Like there's yeah. ton, tons of games that are lost to licensing and time mm-hmm. that we can't bring forward. Um, but I can play, you know, I can play the original splinter cell. So I, w- I wish the backwards compatibility team was still going because yeah. they were doing fantastic work. And it's a shame that licensing and stuff are, are hindering that progress because, they had a huge library available to you from 20 years of gaming. Right. Right. And I think it, it would be great to, to just be able to, if you own the disc, just pop it in. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Uh, Logan, let's, let's transition now. We've had a lot of fun with, with some of those topics, even though we talked about uh, kind of the sadness of, of Avengers closing for a lot. But uh, in sadder news, 10 thousand positions have been cut over at microsoft proper uh, again this is the big boy microsoft and but that does include quite a bit in its gaming divisions this includes uh studios like 343 bethesda game studios the coalition a lot of people losing their jobs this past week uh it is a bummer to see people losing their jobs it is a normal part of restructuring in business that's not to say it's a good thing, uh, but it is a typically normal part. Employees laid off at, at all the studios that I listed. It is indeed going to affect several of those games uh, in ways that remain to be seen, though Halo has a lot of stuff that we can talk about. Um, kind of one of the biggest names to be not not laid off, but indeed moved is Joseph Staten, the, the head of creative for Halo Infinite. He's the one that came in and got the game over the finish line. He... Uh, nixed a lot of the things that were happening with Halo Infinite in order to prioritize a good launch and to get things kind of pipelined more properly. We have found out since hearing this that a lot of devs have come out, Logan, and said just how bad the management of Halo Infinite was at one point, how bad they were at keeping a collective vision, how bad they were at managing uh, the people under them. And I think it really speaks to a lot of the lost potential at Halo Infinite, which stinks because I love that game but it's been a troubled release of content. And you can see as you play the campaign, a lot of areas were were closed off that might have been opened up. 
Uh, it took a long time for features to get here. Shout out to the winter update. Great update. Really love it. Again, I'm a guy that has tons of hours in Halo Infinite. I love Halo in general, uh, but I think it missed its mark as its potential. To find out there, so many things are changing uh, and people losing their jobs is a hit. Uh, I do want to note a couple things here, Logan. The original plan for Halo Infinite was for it to be a platform where it delivered content. And many of those plans were scrapped to focus on the next campaign expansion, which is no longer going to be an expansion, but standalone, at least based on what Ainsley Bowden is saying uh, and a lot of very credible sources that are known. And when I say credible sources, Bathrobe Spartan is one of them and a few others over on Twitter. Um, but people like Jez Corden and Grubb would all corroborate and agree with this stuff. Uh, yeah. It looks like the next things to happen with Halo aren't going to be necessarily in terms of single player in Infinite. But there is a lot of multiplayer stuff coming. Project Tatanka, which is the Battle Royale, has been in development for two years with certain affinity. Oh, man. I, my heart breaks when I see... The loss of jobs. My heart breaks when I see the loss of potential in games that I love, Avengers, Halo, etc. Um, it just—it's kind of a sad vibe, right? It is. It, you know, it's—it's it's hard to be positive about ten thousand people losing their jobs. You can't honestly, and not in good conscience, if you have a soul. Um, I think that it is—it is a measured cut. You know, I and and genuinely, when these things happen, it's because they're there generally isn't enough work. Um, my company's doing it right now. Uh, they are on a freezing hole or they're on a freezing pattern for, for hiring new people and people who don't have work are asking to go home early. And my company's like, no, we, we need to cross train you on other things to keep you hired. Like if you go home, we may not have the job for you. So it's either figure out how to do something in a different department or, you know, we have to make cuts because we can't justify cutting hours and not not have to explain like why those hours are getting cut to the higher ups. We're just like, all right, well, if they don't have work, cut the position. We'll have fewer people working on it because we know just around the corner we're going to get more work. And, and this is just a time where there just isn't as much to really do. And Microsoft is looking at the projects that they are working on and they're saying, OK, these projects are running long or they're running over budget or they aren't panning out the way that we anticipated. And sometimes you have to cut off the leg to save the body. Right. And it, it, it's, it's a bummer. You know, you see it with games as a service all the time. You know, um, some people are trying to, they're trying to cauterize the wound um, before it starts to get too bad. And, and seeing Joseph leave, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I think Joseph Staten's a very uh, a very unique person. He's one of the the standouts as far as like having a vision for uh Halo. I I think we put a little too much uh credence and praise to just one person because I think a lot of people work hard on Xbox and Halo games mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily think that there is a savior for any franchise that can come in and like if Cliff Blazinski came in, I don't think, I don't think gears is going to be saved. Um, I see what you mean. Okay. I don't, I don't think if Kojima came in that metal gear solid would be saved. I think there are enough fans of these franchises, these long running franchises who have reverence like um, what's his name? Dave Filoni yep. for star Wars. Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. 
George Lucas isn't going to save Star Wars. Dave Filoni is a big enough fan to come in and be like, I can save Star Wars. And we have our new George Lucas, right? I think there's a new Joseph Staten out there for Halo. I just don't think that he stood up and said, hey, I'll be the next Joseph Staten. Right. Okay. That's fair. One of the things I like uh, about the news coming out, again, the bad news coming out, one of the things I like about some of the byproduct stuff is we are finding that what's going to happen largely is that 343 will be overheading the brand of Halo, but no longer responsible for the only games. This will allow them to focus on Infinite for the moment, but also let other studios take a crack at the Halo IP. And this could mean a number of things from kind of the kid-friendly Megablocks game uh, developed by a new (laughs) studio. Maybe that shows up on Switch or uh, in mobile spaces or something like that. This could mean like a new uh, third-person Halo game developed by another studio. This could, like, like the Coalition, this could mean id software gets the long-standing moment to, to jump in and take halo in a new direction with like a spec ops type game or something um those are all pipeline thought processes no information on it but i do like the idea of more studios getting to take hold of the halo ip i think too long too long we've been confined to either halo wars or uh halo proper campaign and i would love to see more people take a crack at it when i look at redfall right now and I see the gunplay in Redfall and I find out that it helped with it. Yeah, I like that. When I think about yeah. the idea of the coalition uh, and, and the, the, the two Spartans we saw in the multiplayer of Gears 5, seeing those Spartans rendered in 3D going through and fighting things, my mind is, is awash with possibilities. Seeing screenshots of the long-canceled Megablocks game, my mind is awash of possibilities for ways to enjoy this brand and IP and universe. Uh that I really want to do. And so my hope is that two years from now, we're playing Halo in new ways with new things yeah. and that, and that Halo infinite or, or its successor are still there. You know, I don't want to yeah. lose those things, but I want to gain more. I, I definitely, I was under the impression in, in, in a hopeful way that, Halo Infinite, them having this as kind of like a a 10 year plan for them that they wanted to have um, Halo Infinite being uh, the the base of the game. I was hoping that we would be seeing like with every season uh, a new node or a new uh, couple camps to go and uh, go through the campaign for and and have smaller additions to infinite that we could go and explore new areas like you know we we got access to the to the uh to uh being able to fly across or or traverse the world in different ways so we would have different areas to go and visit in the ring as we were slowly moving the story forward um that was kind of what i was hoping and when we when we saw that the writing on the wall for uh multiplayer was that it it wasn't going to cut it from uh from the the fan perspective like we all wanted to have all of the cosmetics uh, across the different armor sets not locked to armor sets so there was a huge revamp that had to go in for that we saw that the the challenge system for um the the season pass missions and stuff those were all way out of whack compared to what we were expecting so they went back and they adjusted that and the team has dedicated an entire year's worth of time to really really focusing on making sure that halo infinite has a a a multiplayer that people can be proud of. And I think 
that the the campaign aspect of that has fallen to the wayside, which is a bummer for the fans uh, like myself who are, are dedicated to the campaign aspect because I want to see where the story goes. I think I have fears that we're going to get Halo 3 to Halo 4 and uh, Halo 5 to Infinite where we're going to miss out on some of the, the story that, that comes from that. Because um, right. I think... And, and this actually came up when I was, uh, so I went to the, an anime convention a couple of weekends back. I got to talk to Jen Taylor. And one of the questions Sorry. I had for her was, what did you expect for Halo 6? Like, what was your idea of what would happen in Halo 6 when you, when you got done with Halo 5 and you knew where Cortana was going? Like, what, what thoughts were, what was, what was your dream of, of what Halo 6 was going to be? And she told us, she was like, you know, I would have loved to have seen Cortana continue down the path of, of where 4 and 5 were taking her. Cause at the end of 4, she thought she was dead. She didn't really, right. she didn't think there was going to be another, another Cortana in, in a Halo game. So to come back in 5 and to have the, the, the story that she did, she was expecting that as a, as a, another continuation, but she's actually really grown to love the weapon and really wants to see where the weapon grows. Mm -hmm. And I'm with her on that. I want to yeah. see where, where the weapon goes. I want to see, uh, you know, the weapon, um, with her name, uh, uh, kind of being the, the new Cortana and see where, where she takes it and see where Jen Taylor can take it. Because I think Jen Taylor is a fantastic actress and I would love to see like that narrative move forward. So I'm hoping whether it be with 343i or whether it be with id software or the coalition i think all of those studios have a strong pedigree in in their their respect of, of what they do and i would love to see them toy around with the ip but at the same time i also think 343 just needs to really kind of you know pull on their boots by their bootstraps you know grit their teeth get back into it and really kind of really kind of focus down on on what is the future of Halo and push forward with Infinite and and just stick with it cuz I think a year's worth of support's been great. I would love to see them two and a half years before they come out and say we're stopping. Right. I think you in a private conversation talked about Sea of Thieves is a great example of this. Stick with it. Figure it out. Uh, Halo Infinite was going to be a platform and it feels very quickly abandoned as a platform because I as a player was told that I love knowing that Project Tatanka has been in the works for two years by certain affinity. Uh, I certainly think that's a good fit for it, but the idea that it's not going to come out soon scares me. Uh, I will shout out several good things on Halo Infinite. The winter update was excellent. The forge update is excellent. It looks to be bringing with it a lot of things that I want to see like PVE um, I'm scared they want the players to create that stuff, but uh, they have not been nail nailing their own uh, proper modes well. I will note that. Um, but I, I, I like the winter update. I like the cross chorus coming. Um, for God's sakes, get that shoulder in for Halo's for Halo Reach. Goodness gracious, there's an armor piece that's been missing for a while. I really hope that with this new focus they have on multiplayer, uh, it looks good. We know season three is on track. We know season four is on track. Get that. Dude, man, can you imagine a year where Xbox delivers Redfall, Starfield, where they deliver a Forza Motorsport, where a Battle Royale, which is Project Tatanka, launches for Halo Infinite. Sea of Thieves continues its its continued trend of improving uh, content. Shout out to season eight uh, and the ongoing adventures in Sea of Thieves. A year where, where that stuff's being delivered plus 
a Halo or a Forza expansion for Horizon Five. That's be, that'd be big. And so if that happens, great. But uh, Tatanka needs to to hit. Infinite needs to hit. Um, and we do have a question about certain Infinity as well. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't say it better. I agree. Yep. Uh, our question that does uh, come about certain Infinity comes from our buddy Matt. Without fear, Matt continuously supporting the show. Shout out to you, buddy. You are awesome. Uh, he says, do you think Xbox will look at purchasing certain affinity to take on Halo and pass it or, or pass it on to a, uh, an Activision Blizzard studio, maybe Treyarch or another option? Uh, what would your preference be? Uh, Real talk. I love the idea of Xbox purchasing certain affinity. I don't know if that'll happen given all the stuff that's happening around the Activision Blizzard deal and the continued fight against it. Certain affinity has a longstanding relationship with Halo. Uh, I, I hope that they act as a second party studio forever until a purchase needs to happen or if it if it needs to happen if they're second party what's the reason i don't know but treat certain affinity well let's see how project tatanka launches let's see if they can continue supporting the multiplayer side of it infinite um but they're a great fit for xbox whatever happens with activision blizzard i hope that they don't let's say they lose the deal i hope they don't recoil from the idea of bringing talented people into their pantheon Really would have loved to see Atlas, like from Sega, jump in there. Really would love to see certain Affinity jump in there. Um, I do hope we see Halo sent to other studios. If Activision Blizzard does go through, um, I hope those studios can make what they want to make. Like Toys for Bob can make Skylanders or Spyro or whatever. And if there is a studio that's got a good pitch for Halo, they want to make a spinoff game or or even a proper game, I hope it's thought through. That's what I think. Yeah. I honestly... I want to see what certain affinity puts out before uh, Xbox decides to try and make a proposal. Um, I think that one of the things that Sony and, uh, and Nintendo do well is they ask for the proof in the pudding. Um, the next level games is a fantastic studio. They've made some of my favorite games ever. And it wasn't until uh, Luigi's Mansion three that Nintendo finally like reached out to them. If I'm if I'm recalling this, this has happened a while ago. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that they went from a double A studio to a a or a second party studio to a first party studio after Luigi's Mansion three. And I want to see that with certain affinity. Um, I don't think they need to be under Microsoft's first party license to still be funded by Microsoft or to still be uh, supporting as strongly as they have. I think you can still have autonomy and have have the ability to uh, really kind of make sure that if there's a studio that's working, let them work, let them do what they do and don't worry about what's going to to happen or, or try and force them into a relationship that they may not be interested in. It happened with Bungie. Um, and I, I'd be worried that that might happen with certain affinity. Um, I don't know what it's like to work for Microsoft. I don't know what it's like to work for Xbox. I've had friends in both camps, um, but I do know that the they, they've been they've been supporting. They've seen you know it work out really well. I would like to see it go more of a Bethesda route, where there's years of a relationship going on between these studios and and publishers before they decide to try and scoop it up. I think that the Activision Blizzard thing, and I think, um, and, and I think Matt without a fear might've seen the same, uh, next, next gen, uh, console watch video that I saw where the conversation about ABK studios, um, working on halo infinite came up af- after the actual thing. I'm with you. I would rather 
I would rather the studios that are under ABK think about what they want to make and, and start working on that before we start like forcing them into situations like where they are now, where studios are, are being supported or being support teams for Call of Duty and not just saying like, oh, okay, well, we'll free you from the Call of Duty chain only to shackle you to the Halo imp- IP. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. And maybe if if there's a world where 343i wants to make something different, maybe they get to, or rather we maybe more appropriately, kind of like with Obsidian, a different team goes to make it. Go make your Pentiment. Go make your Outer Worlds. We'll make Avowed. We'll make Halo. What do you want to make? Yeah. Uh, I would love to see that continue because... Microsoft has a talent problem, not that they don't have talented studios, but in terms of bringing talent to bring the top tier games out with consistency, they have a leadership and pipeline problem that either Matt Booty or somebody else needs to kind of get under control. And maybe they already have. We're talking about this stuff and those moves that might have been made months ago, right? Yeah. Um, so we're talking about in, in delayed response, but I do hope it gets cleared up and fixed uh, because there's so much talent and IP to be explored with that talent out there. And, and I hope that their willingness to work with unions shows that they're, they're, they're going to be treating their talent well. I hope their willingness to allow people to explore IPs brings talent in. That's the stuff that I want to happen uh, for these studios. Yeah, 100%. All right, Logan, uh, we I do want to we're going to skip kind of this this middle topic here, uh, but let's go just cite real quick that, of course, after the time of this recording and before our next recording, there is going to be the Xbox developer direct in which Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends and Redfall are all going to be getting the spotlight. Really excited for that. I don't know that I'll be able to watch it live, but I will certainly be putting thoughts out over on Twitter, maybe a YouTube short or two. Uh, excited to see kind of what happens with that space. Uh, good luck to all involved. And I'm I'm stoked to see more Redfall. That's for sure. I'm also excited to see more Starfield. My buddy Ains uh, from Season Gaming Cast Co-op, he, he's on me to learn more about Starfield because it's very forgettable for me at this moment. But I'm gradually getting more excited for that game. I'm excited for that solo show that they have. Um, Logan, you had mentioned... Uh, and I want to do this briefly before we talk about uh, our listener questions, but you uh, had mentioned that you were playing Horizon Zero Dawn and One Piece Odyssey. Uh, I mentioned I was playing Callisto of late. Um, are you are you thinking you're about done and, and finished with Horizon? What's your next game to play? Uh, what are you looking forward to playing f- through kind of alongside One Piece? So I, I wanted to... It's It's funny because this is like the most anime centric week that we could have been talking about games um i'm i'm just about to finish up horizon zero dawn before uh the the expansion of that i i'm kind of tempted because i got the psvr2 coming in and it's got a lot to prove and i picked up call of the wilds with uh with the, the whole bundle there right but i figured it would be really bad for me to buy a psvr2 and the bundle for 600 bucks and have never played or finished a horizon game sure. so i'm working on that um and i've had a, a pretty good time with it i f- i keep forgetting that that game was done in 2017 i really do because yeah. every time i'm sitting there looking at like the voice acting and stuff i'm like oh man this is this is rough and i'm like no 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 this is 2017 it's it's gotcha. good for 2017 okay. um but I'm playing One Piece Odyssey, uh, like I mentioned, thanks to to Xbox and Bandai Namco for that uh, giveaway that they did. 
and uh that game has has surprised me the the combat is really fun i'm not a turn-based uh guy at all like jrpgs are just not my back i've never played final fantasy 7 just to kind of get that out there um so when i when i jumped into this i was like you know this is it's it's a, a good looking game mm-hmm. um it's missing a lot of features like it's all in japanese with subtitles so i'm wow. i'm used to having options where i like to kind of see both like i played through ghost of Tsushima with all of the american voice actors and i and i was watching but I'll, i'm i'm not opposed to dub uh or sub i'm i'm preference to dub but i i kind of wish that there was a uh an english voice track to go with this um there's definitely some accessibility options that have helped that gameplay loop for me but if you are a fan of RPGs um, and, or like traditional turn-based RPGs, this is actually a pretty good game. I don't know how it falls in line with the the series, but I know that the series is uh, definitely referenced. Like you, you go back through a lot of memories in this game uh, after crashing on an island. Uh, but the the characters are funny. the 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 combat is really fantastic, and um, I, I would say that this is definitely a, a, a pretty good game. I haven't looked up the scores for it and I don't know who else is jumping into it, but it's, it's one piece odyssey is definitely a pretty, pretty darn solid game and Bandai Namco, they make really good games most of the time. So I, I can't see, uh, anyone not liking this, but there's uh monster hunter rise. There's the yeah. persona, uh, persona three and persona four that just dropped on game pass. Like, right. This is the week. If you like uh turn-based games, like, this is your this is your week for for games. What about you? It's, well, it's no, it's definitely a JRPG heavy. We are that's not a fair statement. It's definitely a, a great week for fans of Japanese influenced games yeah. over on Xbox with the arrival of Personas three and four into Game Pass with the arrival of Monster Hunter Rise into Game Pass. I know I want to jump into Monster Hunter Rise. That's a yeah. game I want to try out uh, because I like I like taking down monsters. Uh, I love taking down monsters in, in other games, like like even Anthem. I wanted more monsters to fight, uh, yeah. but I don't know that I like the Monster Hunter formula in its complexity of like Monster Hunter World or three or some of those games that I used to play. Like I think it was on the Vita and a few others. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if Rise is approachable enough for me, right? Because I'm not a typically uh, I'm not a sub dub. I don't even I don't even like the Japanese <laughs> style of game, not JRPGs. Um and not there is like, a style, uh, you know, like there's a vibe yeah. to it, but a lot of people love it. Right. I think we have a great question from uh, Kevin Ainsworth, which you might have already I kind of accidentally answered uh, just in chatting about it. But like, I'm just not there for that. But I love the gameplay. So I'm stoked to check out Monster Hunter Rise. Um, and and if we if we're liking it over on Xbox, I definitely want to do like a sub like a second video or. Um, I know you and I talked about for this is for listeners. We might do reviews from time to time over on the YouTube channel. Uh, if a game strikes us, our promise to each other and to you guys is that we're not going to do it just because uh, we don't want to do it to feel like work. So if we find a game that we love, we'll do a review on it, uh, like a review video and such. But like maybe Monster Hunter Rise is that for me. I want something to play, but we also have Dead Space next week. And yeah. just come off of Callisto. Like we'll see. Um Atomic Heart is soon. Wanted Dead is a game I'm excited about. You're excited for Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Wurts. Wurts. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked for Monster Hunter uh, to play I, that one and try it between now and then. One thing I want to I want to let you know right off the bat. Okay. Going into Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. 100% expect that it is going to hold your hand through okay. the first couple hours 
and there's going to be a lot of text as they kind of break down the tutorials. So when you go into it, don't go into it 100% expecting, all right, we're going to go smash some monsters. Go into it being like, okay. all right, help build this world for me. Help me understand like where things are, what things do, what is yeah. like, what are the mechanics? Like go in when you have time and patience to go through all of the text and stuff, because they will stop you like every five minutes and be like, hey, this is what this is. And I'm like, wait, what? I just want to go fight a monster. Just let me go fight a monster. You know? Okay. All right. I will keep that in mind because I <laughs> typically am like, yo, enough with the text. Let me play. Yeah, that's that's. It's very rare I want to read when I play. I love reading books. I don't like to read when I pick up a controller. So I will keep that in mind um, as I dive into it for sure. Yeah. For sure. A shout out to, to Odyssey too, because I was playing One Piece and they had a little bit of that, but they they actually did a pretty good job of keeping like the balance in that game. The, the first couple hours of it are really good. Like you get into it and you actually start getting into fights and stuff like that right away. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, this is what I want. I want to go fight stuff. Um, so they've done a really good job of kind of like pulling back on what the, the traditional, in my opinion, the traditional Japanese design culture is where mm -hmm. they're just beating you over the head every, every 15 seconds, there's a new tutorial you got to read and Odyssey does a good job of, of not necessarily doing that. So, uh, let's go to Rune Kame's question. Cause he might've, he might've opened up some ideas for us here. He said, I Ooh. just discovered chained echoes on game pass and having okay. a blast with it as well i just want to know if you're fond of any of those good old jrpgs it's a good year for these kind of games it seems uh as well and he cites sea of stars which made by the same people as the messenger who we've had on xcp before octopath traveler euclidean chronicles uh 100 heroes uh the list goes on how are you feeling about this like are, are you thinking are you liking this kind of influx of jrpg style games are you excited for any of those that he mentioned I, I know that um, CS Stars is one of those ones because I love The Messenger. God, that game's such a good game. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious to see like what they do. Uh, Octopath Traveler, I never played the first one on Switch. I had the opportunity. I didn't. Um, uh, I, I just, it, it, JRPGs, I just think are, are just a little too slow paced for me. I really am. Like I'm, I'm interested in Final Fantasy VII Remake um, mm -hmm. because it is more of a combat action combat based rpg right uh but i just it's not my bag and and even with uh games like um xcom style games right like uh the gears game um those right. turn-based games are so tough for me to have patience with uh and patience is, is one of those things like i have a fair amount of patience but there's some things that that kind of really push that to a limit jrps for jrpgs for whatever reason are one of those triggers for me where i'm just like man, I hate trying to balance like me wanting to attack. Like I just want to smash something till it's dead. I don't necessarily want to have to worry about like, okay, well let me cure the status on, on this character because it's paralyzed. And let right. me make sure that this character has a heal and I'm using the best attack for this. Like I like that kind of stuff in, in small doses. Um, but I really love it when it's like built into the, into the weapon, like Gotham Knights has status effects and stuff like that. And right. I like when they build it into the weapons or into the gear. Like I'm cool with that, but don't don't really slow down the combat for me. I want to feel that fluid motion with a lot of the stuff. So I'm yeah. super glad that there are so many JRPGs uh, coming this year because I definitely think that that has been a a 
sore point for Xbox. I think, yeah. um, you know, Phil Spencer's talked about wanting to build out that Japanese library, build out that Japanese uh, culture and, and really kind of make a, make a home for Xbox in Japan. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way to do it. It really is a great way to go about doing that. And, uh, you know, just with the Persona games coming in, um, Atlas has never really had much room to to be on Xbox. And they're finally here. and We finally got them. So if if you've been a fan of old JRPGs, now's a great time. So I'm glad that the that the fans of those games are, are finding uh, new things to try out on Xbox. Agree. Fully agree. Um, kind of a kind of a related ish question, uh, because you're playing One Piece and, and anime and JRPGs kind of go hand in hand often. Uh, this one comes from Kevin Ainsworth. Uh, by the way, shout out to Save Games Media, awesome people over there. Kevin says, uh, I know you both enjoy Pirates and Sea of Thieves, but I just wrapped up One Piece Odyssey and really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, is there a game or games based on an anime or cartoon that you have loved? Uh, so. Logan, is One Piece your first kind of anime-based game? Uh, I would count Persona as that, but that might be my ignorance talking. Um, are there any games based on anime that you've loved? Because I, can, I can't say yes to that, unfortunately, for the anime portion. There was one back on the PS2 that I absolutely loved, and it was called Gungrave. We just got Gungrave Gore on, on okay. Game Pass, so I've, I've been wanting to jump into that because I, I love Gungrave because it's done. the characters are designed by the same person who designed uh and and drew up the uh, the original characters for trigun um and i just i love that aesthetic uh there's been plenty of ghosts in the shell games in the past that i've loved as well too um as far as like like anything that i could really call out that was that's like up there with like like legend of zelda or, or mario or something like that not really um but it, it really is because that's that's less of my bag and and i and i fully admit that you know there are plenty of really really good like all the dragon ball z games are amazing you know mm-hmm. D- dragon ball has, has been fantastic and and i would say i'm looking forward to jumping into uh demon slayer um because i think that I, I, i've gotten through most of that series i think i'm on the last season and i've only got a couple episodes left of that but yeah i would say like demon slayer is on my list of games to check out um because that is a bit more action based of a game and it's just playing through the first season from what i understand so i'm looking forward to that uh but yeah there's there's a lot that are kind of out there that i just haven't tried because a lot of them aren't action based for me right no i agree and i and i've been thinking about this like I don't count a lot of the superhero games I play. Yeah, they're cartoons, but I don't think it works. And um, I think there's a big difference between playing through like I'm like, I want to play Midnight Suns. Like if somebody bought me that game, I'd play it. You know what I mean? But I'm gun shy on buying it myself because like, am I going to enjoy it? I hear a lot of good things about it. I love superheroes. I obviously just showed off my dumb old games that I'm stoked for. (laughs) <laughs> so like do i want turn-based i don't know that that's me so yeah. like, it's one of those like i really wish it'd been on game pass because i'd have played it in a heartbeat i know uh, i would have played it if we got a review code or four or whatnot but like do i want to spend my money on it i don't know i don't know so it's always good to wait it's always you're always going to save money by waiting yep you're right you're right uh logan would you mind reading a question here for mr edward varnell yeah, love to. Um, Edward Varnell from Boss Rush Network uh, wrote in, says, do you think 
with the Series X shortages, short, short, shortages, uh, shortages, finally catching up. Do you think Microsoft will be on track for their next gen console in a couple of years, or do you think that they will delay it so they can make up the time they missed? Will it be something we await with excitement? What do you think? Do you think we're going to be on track for next gen? Um, I don't know what next gen looks like with the uh, with the continued rollout of cloud based gaming and the continued improvement of that um, with the failures in that. Like we saw Stadia just closed this past week. We we know that Luna is a thing that's happening. We know that uh, PlayStation's working on remote play. We see TVs coming out with apps where you can play uh, Game Pass. I don't know what a next console looks like. Um, as far as it being like on track, obviously there's new development in games to keep up with PC hardware. There have been hardware shortages all around. Um, I don't even know when you're going to get that new game. What These consoles came out in 2020. You have to think 2027, 28 would be a new piece of hardware uh, for like something completely next generation. Uh, you've got VR to consider, AR to consider. I'd be willing to bet you see new consoles in 2029. Um, and as far as being excited for it, no matter what, you're going to be excited for it because it's new. Now, what's cool about this is you'll see the powerhouses bring out new new consoles, 28, 29, um, and Nintendo will probably make uh, Nintendo Switch uh, 1.2 uh, probably around 2027. So, you know, we can all be excited for that. I I'm very curious to see what happens with this because we just saw Nintendo commit to putting out more Nintendo Switches, which means they they like they and they've stated in the past like we are going to redefine what a console lifespan is and mm-hmm. they're they're doing it man the oled is the newest version but the internals are the same it's just the same it's just a new screen with a bigger screen on there right. um i i think that the series x and uh the series s have a lot of life in them i am not anticipating a revamp um into in 2025 i'm really not um 2029 makes more sense to me like a nine-year lifespan for a console uh so i i would see that makes sense um because i've had mine since 2020 and in fact i've had two since 2020 uh and and i'm i'm been happy with them i think that the speed on them is fantastic i think that they're doing amazing things and if you look at the gpu section of the of the pc market the improvements that they're doing there are mostly software based like a lot of the hardware just isn't making the leaps and bounds that it was in the past um and and you still have a lot of room to grow in that case but i think that there is that that market needs to really push forward with some new technology before I really start thinking like, mm, maybe it's time to start getting a new console. Maybe these consoles are looking long in the tooth. I think the, the switch is there, but also the switch was kind of based on that, that ground between an Xbox one yeah. and a one X, I believe it was around yeah. that, around that hardware sh- kind of like spec. So right. I don't necessarily think that, we're due. I, I think that the next gen consoles will will be probably in five years at the earliest. I don't think okay. that the uh, I don't think that the, the, the twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't I don't think them having shortages really changed what their perspective on what the what the next console will be or when it launches. If that okay. makes sense, that does it does. 
Well, Logan, I think that's a good place to wrap. Todd Oxtray, you wrote in a great question. I think we kind of answered it uh, through the course of, of our episode. You're the man, dude. Um, Logan, I could not be more excited about this developer direct. I feel like we got a lot of good games in Game Pass to jump into. Uh, and I had a blast on this episode, good sir. Me too. We had a really good conversation. I had a good time with this. I think I, I can't wait for that direct, man. I'm I'm yeah. saving my lunchtime for that. I, I can't wait to 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 see it on on Wednesday. And just I, I want to know more about these games because I think that they've got a really good lineup this year, which is is a nice silver lining to some of the bad news that we got this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And as a last kind of closing thought, shout out to those people that did lose their jobs. I hope you all land on your feet. Hope you're able to continue making something great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Logan, uh, all these wonderful people that are listening to our show right now, they can always find our show on all the podcast services as well as YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash Xbox expansion pass. Uh, you can also look for interviews in the future over on XEP's channel, uh, kind of take them as they come. I've got one lined up uh soon just put it that way vaguely say soon uh and you can find me on socials at insipid ghost where can we find you my friend what you got in the cooker um xbox uh just kind of plugging away at some of the games that i'm playing there uh sea of thieves has got its new adventure out so if you're interested in finding out what's going on with uh the latest update for sea of thieves the keelhauled podcast releases on monday so you can just search sea of thieves podcast you'll see mine it's called keelhauled if you want to get in touch with me, I'm uh, over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, I've got links to my show as well as my discords through there. Um, and yeah, just thanks again, Luke, for having me on the show. This is our third show together. I, I absolutely love looking forward to these Saturdays. I love the conversations that we've been having both on air and off air as well, too. Yes. So I think this is going to be a really fun year to to have some fun with Xbox. Absolutely. Guys, comment on the YouTube side. Let us know what it is you are playing. Uh, let us know what you're looking forward to. Hit us up on socials. That's it for us. Take care.